Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 270 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode, I talk to Nicholas Istanez of Retroid Games about a puzzle platformer, Wonderling. So, without further ado, take it away, me, from the past. Nicholas. Hi. Who are you and what do you do? I, my name is Niklas Istenes, and I am the CEO of uh, Retro Interactive. And uh, I, we recently released a game called Wunderling, which I was the game designer and producer of. You have indeed. I encountered it at PAX East, everyone. It was marvellous. Although I kept on walking by going, why have they remade New Zealand Story? And uh, it's not that. <laughs> it looks like it from a glance as walking by yeah but it's far from that wonderling is nothing like that it's got the same kind of palette and kind of like squishy creatures in it but other than that nothing like it <laughs> so it's awesome but before we delve in to wonderling which we won't we're going to in a later part of the show hopefully um i need to ask you some questions about your good self we already answered the first one well done thank you uh you, you identified yourself and what you do for a living excellent Great. Um, but now it gets harder from here, I'm afraid. And then also there's the dreaded third question, which we didn't actually warn you about in the green room, so normally you Ooh. do, but oh well. Here we go. Second question. How did you make your start making video games? So how how did I get started making video games? Yeah. What was your, Oof. you know, yeah. So you can go back as far as you like, by the way. I would say 2003, <laughs> I was introduced... Ooh with a tool called GameMaker. Uh, yes. It's been around for ages, made by a Dutch prof- like professor of engineering or some, some stuff, um, which like utilized drag and drop tools. And it also had its own like coding language and stuff like that. So um, I was 13 at that time, I think. And I, it, like, I didn't know anything about programming. Uh, I had no idea how to get started with programming. I, I, I was playing a lot of video games and I loved video games and I was pretty determined to like make my own video game. Um, I, I really had no idea. Like I fantasized like with Microsoft paint and stuff like that, uh, like drawing like sprites and stuff, which would never have worked. Anyways, so a friend of mine uh, sent me a copy of GameMaker because like internet was kind of new in Sweden back then. And uh, he found this great tool, which he introduced me to. And uh, that's where I started making games, not professionally at all. But like, um, yeah, I started to get to know the, the like ins and outs of game making. GameMaker has made a lot of developers. And believe it or not, that's, that's been 17 years 
just yes. to remind you. Thank you. People Thank you very much. <laughs> people seem to think that 2003 is about 10 years ago. Just no. No. no sadly. It wasn't. You'd think it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the amount of times people remind people, 360, it came out in uh, 2005. Yeah. 15 years ago. That's not true. I'm afraid it is. <sighs> and it's also now two generations old. Just to remind people, like, that's not true. I'm afraid it is. <laughs> It is. It is indeed. <laughs> it is. Uh, we live in, in interesting times, especially right now, as mm. we're recording. But we won't go into that because, you know, we don't want to hear about that. Um, mm. But uh, that's that's quite a... So you obviously graduated from Game Maker, and then, I'm assuming. Uh, yes. And then started delving into other engines and stuff. And also actual like, high-level languages like C Sharp, I'm assuming. Maybe, or... Yes, I actually went. Yeah. I went from Game Maker to to Flash. Flash was pretty popular back then. Uh, it was for for a brief spell. Yeah, yeah, and there was like a lot of Flash games that that got made into real console games, like Super Meat Boy and and like a lot of like Newgrounds games that actually were made into like the, the like the first generation of like indie games on on the Xbox 360. So it it, it had its era, but I never. I never got to like enjoy Flash as much as Game Maker. Uh, it didn't really feel like it was made for for those kinds of games I wanted to make because I'm a, a big retro fan and they use like vector graphics and stuff like that. It was very hard to like do pixel pixel art and graphics in it. it you, you could certainly do it. It was wasn't just made from it from scratch. Um, but weirdly enough, my my next step was uh, Java. And and not like the desktop Java for Windows. I I actually started doing the micro edition Java for like I, I think you call them feature phones now, like old button phones with like color screens and stuff like that. That mm -hmm. that that was my first like um, game platform. I I, I made okay. games for old mobile phones. Right, I remember that time when you could. Get a game, but they weren't sure if it was actually going to work on your phone. Yeah, head. yeah. This game works on all these phones, but this one doesn't because it, it's not compatible with whatever operating system is on that phone. Yeah, and yeah, that there, there were there were interesting times. Uh, the, and there were some. Uh, the, yeah, the, come. Yeah, and what, the, there wasn't like you, you like you, there wasn't room for an indie developer. You couldn't monetize on it. Yeah, you had no, to be like featured no. on a magazine, like on the back, and you had to text. A stupid yeah. code somewhere, and hopefully you 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 got a file, and you had to like connect to the internet somehow with your phone and stuff like that. It it was it, it was difficult. It was yes. super difficult, but also like I enjoyed it because I could easily just share my game using Bluetooth to my friends. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember some like there was Doom RPG that come out on those phones and. There was some really interesting stuff that came out. There, there was some sensible soccer that came out, and yeah, there was right. some really weird, weird stuff that weird came out stuff. on those phones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was very embryonic, wasn't it? Not, not like what it when when the iPhone arrived in yeah. two thousand seven. It got crushed. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's a smartphone. Yes, this is a smartphone. Okay. <laughs> so, and then you, obviously you, you made your way from that into. Um, well, what do you use now? You, you didn't specify. You uh, weren't I, using... Yes, so 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 Wunderling and 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 our uh, like main game developer tool today is actually Unreal Engine. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure it is. So <laughs> <laughs> if, if you would have seen Wunderling and and I wouldn't have told you, you'd probably guess Unity or something custom made or I game don't maker. Know. I mean, yeah, because the two D sprite. Well, they're not least. Really, I'm not going to, you know, get it all wrong because it's not technically you know, not sprites or something else. But sure, it's an easy, easy expression. I know it's they're far more complicated. Than you sprites, can call it sprites. Thankfully. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, technically they are. They're, no, they're not. Anyway, that aside, not expecting Unreal, but having said that, Unreal Four is or the engine is phenomenally flexible and can do all sorts of things more than what people seem to think it can do. Uh, and as has been demonstrated by Wonderling, absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah. We um... whereas Unity has hasn't got a good history on two D games. It's got to be said. <laughs> well, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. all right now. It's more than all right. It's perfectly acceptable. Indeed. And uh, everyone take a drink. But uh, I'm going to mention Hotline Miami and how it was made entirely in Game Maker. Everyone knows this. Yep. It's a thing. Yep. It's the darling of Game Maker. Everyone knows. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. But uh, and it's very inspirational stuff. But um, it is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, okay. And that brings us up to date. And it's great to see you evolve. I mean, but what's lovely is that the barrier of entry, you've proved that it was dropped. You don't need to know assembly to make video no. games anymore. No, 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 no. And you, 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 ha- you have, you, like, you haven't needed to know assembly for a pretty long time, I guess. I think, like, Very long time. C. C and C++ is like the uh, yeah. the mainstream language, but well, was the mainstream language uh, and kind of still is, of course, for like AAA games and and people who are very very like traversed in those kinds of languages. But yes. I mean, now when you have like blueprint systems, you have like visual visual coding and um, drag and drop stuff, and and sometimes you can even even like export HTML5 like games to, to like Xbox and stuff like that. We, we live in a world where it's very easy to, to get started into game development without you being a super smart engineer, which I never was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that uh, that uh, illusion, wasn't there? Myth, myth. Myth, yeah. You need, to be, you need to be a math genius to actually get anything out of getting the computer to run. Mm. No. It's not maths. In fact, maths is something entirely different. That's about patterns and other things. Maths is a very important and useful tool to have to be adept at. But actually, it's more logic. Yeah. You need to be. It's logic you need, and that's actually not as abstract and difficult to comprehend as maths is sometimes. Absolutely. Most of the time. Absolutely. Uh, and I've I've had to explain this on multiple occasions. It's not about maths. Maths is patterns, not numbers. By the way. Uh, and uh, and predictions and and models and trends and trying to and it's not really much good to you as a as as in for programming it's logic and uh, understanding of uh, manipulating and interacting and make causing triggers and then causing more triggers upon triggers to actually create something quite special but that's all logic and it's just boolean logic everyone it's okay it is <laughs> I know it's more. But ultimately, it's still and or X or. It's all it is. It's all right. It's okay. If and else, all of that. It's all right. So, next question. This is the infamous third question. Cool. Somewhat nebulous, and I'm hesitant to ask it, but I've got to ask it. As Retroid Interactive, as a collective, you are a creator of things. What do you believe you are? your biggest influences are? Like my personal or like retro. Could be personal or it could be the uh, the, the 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 you know um, uh, retroid itself. I don't mind either way. The uh, major it's... influences. Yeah, what is your? You you obviously orbit something. You focus whether you like it or not, consciously or subconsciously. Yeah. Something influences you to create. Yeah. As a creator, you are always influenced by something. Yeah. I'd just like to know what that is. Like game design wise, very much Nintendo from my side. Uh, right. which you can right. probably tell from from like playing the game yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's i don't know i mean i sort of saw some early amiga games as well but yeah definitely nintendo too yeah so probably so more nintendo yeah a, a lot of like nintendo references going on like in in the dialogues and stuff but also in like the design of the game uh so so of course like super mario has been a, a big influence on on that kind of game, um, but but there's also like uh, Gothenburg as a as a game uh, game developer hub, indie game hub. Uh, I would say uh, it's also pretty like inf- influential. We ha- we have great games like hot like you mentioned Hotline Miami. We have the Steam World games. We we have a lot of great game creators there, and it's always cool to like hang out with those people, grab a beer, and just like chat about game design. So I would say like Gothenburg is 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 like coming up as a cool like indie indie game mecca. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, uh, respectively, the UK and the Scandinavian stuff has always been a, like a 
we've just as collective things. We've been making stuff for decades, whether it be the demo scene from the Amiga days, again, going back to that, or we've just been making stuff digitally for a very long time. Mm. And that's and that's great. I mean, the, some of the stuff we produced is very different from each other, and rightly so, because we're, you know, we're different peoples. But it's ultimately, it's just, there's definitely a kinship, if I may say. Absolutely. Uh, we always yeah. have like our own signature or touch or, or yeah. uh, interpretation of stuff. Uh, yeah. But, but, but yeah, the, the influence comes from somewhere always, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and that's a great, great answer. You know, so you, you defer to Nintendo's genius of game design, which you can't deny. It is. Mm. Most, 99 times out of 100, they get it right. So when they don't get it right, it's quite amusing. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. They get it right, you know. We music is the one that immediately springs <laughs> to mind. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, virtual uh, boy. And, yeah, virtual boy. That's another one. But they're so rare, aren't they? That the, the, we can pluck them out. Like, there's that one. That wasn't really going to work, was it? That yeah, one. yeah. But, but it it, it made it yeah. who who they are, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It made them who they are. And, uh, and of course, we've got Animal Crossing coming this Friday. Which, oh yeah. Yeah, I played that at PAX East as well. That was the oh. I mean, if it wasn't for Nook being a money laundering, you know, tax dodging monster, great game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that's my my um, axe to grind uh, against uh, Mr. Look and his his siblings, well, his his spawn. Anyway, um, <laughs> as I call them. <laughs> Uh, is just not right, but great answer. And I know, yeah, poor old Nook. What's what do you mean, bot? Never mind. Um, yeah, um, and of course, the influence by your peers is wonderful. You know, your friends, your peers, your community. Yeah, what, 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 what better thing to be influenced by? It's lovely. Now, speaking of your peers, uh, I told you these questions get harder, <laughs> and this I'm one's ready. even worse. Right. Okay, go. So, what de- what developer do you most admire in the industry, and why? What developer, as a mm-hmm. um, person or a company or both? I don't mind. Oof. You can have more than one as well. <laughs> it's it's a great question, actually. I I guess you sometime. I, I I think I I kind of like admire Notch. For like being, like working on his product for such a long time, and just doing it on his spare time, and and just making it work, uh, it's it's like very impressive. It it is a good game. Like Minecraft is a very good game. He uh, um, he he executed it great. I I I think and um, uh, he he made it using tools he was knowledgeable of. And uh, he just he just did a very great game on his own. I'm I I like I I think I kind of like admire every like single single person developer who like writes the music, does the sound effects, uh, does the art, does the coding, does the game design, like does kind of more or less everything. Um, we well we have more more suites like that, like uh, Cognac. Um, and uh, and of course uh, the guy who made action uh, how do you pronounce that action verge and like game, oh yeah yeah action verge yeah yeah so so I kind of admire those people and and I kind of envy them as well because when I started like I told you I I started like drawing stuff in paint and stuff like that I I noticed pretty early that I couldn't draw and I couldn't do music uh, I could do some kind of logic with Game Maker. So I, I just I, I can just code and do game design. I I can't like play music or or draw or anything. So I guess everyone who is like multi talented like that, I I would say I I admire very much. Yeah, polymaths, I believe they call polymaths. Them. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're uh, Renaissance people. People who can turn a hand almost to anything, mm. seemingly with ease, but it's not. It, yeah, uh, but, sure, 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 yeah. sure. I, I know there, there goes tremendous amount of work into into those kinds of projects as well. Um, but but you... I think it's remarkable is that you have these people doing because video games encompass many mediums. Yes, of course you've got storytelling, you've got art, obviously visual art, and then you've got um, 
uh, music, which, you know, some people, that's all they do. And yet here's someone mm. doing music, game design, coding, and storytelling, and art, and lighting, and all sorts. And it's just, they're doing all that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's it's quite it's quite scary. We've had a few of them on the show, and it's uh, they, they usually don't have an ego, which is lovely. <laughs> um, they sort of like, I don't know, I made this thing. Is it all right? I think it's all right. <laughs> it's like, Yes. But uh, yeah, can be frustrating to to, to talk to them. But uh, and uh, lovely answers, great response to that question. Well done. Right, thank you. Uh, so last question then for the first half. See, you're almost there, almost there. All right, all right. And uh, our regular listeners will know that we have to ask this question because this is a podcast about video games. Therefore, I have to ask you, sir, what are you playing right now? Oof. Um. I, I'm right now. I'm actually playing a game. I have no actual time playing at all. I'm. I have a son, a one-year-old son, and uh, uh-huh. that means I don't really have a, that much time to play video games because I won't spend most of like his his awoken hours like playing with him and stuff like that. Mm. So I yeah it? yeah yeah. I don't have time for for like 150 hour JRPGs anymore. I, I kind of like, like to, to plug up my own game, like Wunderling is kind of like perfect because you, you can only, you can, you can do a couple of levels pretty quick. Um, yep, yep, so, true. So, I've so that myself. that is the perfect daddy game. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm actually playing Dragon Quest XI right now. And I, I know that is, it's it's a huge game. And, yes, uh, and, uh, I have actually, I must confess, um, this is something that my listeners will know. Oh, God, no, a guest has mentioned it now. See, a guest has mentioned it, not me. Um, so I do cite this as a game that I played in 2018, the end of 2018. Right. Uh, on my PS4. I finished it. Um, how far are you through? You on a, Are you playing the Switch version, did you say? I, I'm playing the Switch version. I'm playing it 3D. Right. Uh, and I just got the last orb from the ice witch uh, thingy okay that's cool um it's a it's, i enjoyed it immensely however i fell into the trap of min maxing shouldn't have done it i know i know but sometimes jrpgs plow that force you down that burrow you know they mm. force you down that i ended up doing that and then something happened for, basically the game ended up playing itself <laughs> it can it can which is wh- why are we playing it if it does like, yeah, it was, things like that it was it, it, something happened well towards the end I remember the last combat I had I actually went off and made a cup of tea <laughs> while it was pl- I wasn't uh, honestly I wasn't yeah. Nicholas I wasn't doing anything I had just walked away from the room made a cup of tea walked back and stood there and went haven't you done it yet come on I was actually doing nothing yeah, because the characters were more or less invincible. They didn't need any input from me. Yeah, <laughs> just their weapons are so because it's got crafting in it. The yeah. thing about yeah, and uh, I I went a bit overboard with the crafting because I really nailed it. And because uh, it's not as difficult as games like you know, um, well Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's pretty difficult for mm. the food cooking. Mm. And also, yeah. um, oh, what's the other one? Damn it, I'm forgetting it now. Monster Hunter. There you go. That's right. Oh, right. That that's a real pain in the rear end. Uh, I still from the very first Monster Hunter when I first can't cook anything. Just, everything's burnt. <laughs> what, is, what is this about? <laughs> whereas in and whereas in um, when you get to Dragon Quest Eleven, which I enjoyed immensely, I can't stress that enough. Uh, towards the end, I was just I was just I've been making these incredible weapons and armor and stuff. It just couldn't be touched. It was embarrassing. Mm. You know, and yeah. uh, don't do that. Just my tip to you, my friend. I'll, don't do I'll, it. I'll try to avoid try it. Try to rein it in. You, you'll find yourself, unfortunately, the game as he nudges you in a direction, try to stop it. To try to... Because otherwise it just, you know, it undermines... It diminishes the last sort of like two or three hours of the experience. Which is sad because the rest of it is such a lovely experience. But then towards the end it's just like, oh, another fight. Yeah, another cup of tea. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since, since my like backlog of games I want to play is so huge, I I kind of try want to try to like speed run the game, but also I want yeah. to get like 
emerge into the story and stuff like that. So so it's it's kind of contradicting, but but like I avoid a lot of monsters and then I get to the boss fight and I need to go back and grind some. Sometimes. No, yeah, I I actually because I love the combat so much and some of the the the, the animations they've done oh, so yeah, well. Yeah, the monsters are this... like half the game, half the value of the game. Yeah. Exactly. So I've actually enjoyed the combat. I didn't yeah. avoid it. It's one of the, you know, it's because it was so designed so well. But unfortunately, like I said, because I did that, I got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, mm. and a lot of money. And it was just, you know, it just, like I said, because I just enjoyed it so much, I enjoyed it too much. Because of, <laughs> ah. And then all of a sudden, oh God, I've got all this stuff. Let's just make this weapon. I'm sure I'll do a terrible job. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, look at this thing. This is incredible. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Right. Um well, that's the end of the first half. So, uh Great. let us now um delve deep into what is Wonderling. So, first question. Here's not a question. There's regular listeners. You all know. You can't do a trick. Put it down. <laughs> um, haven't said anything about World of Warcraft, so you can't drink. Oh, damn. See, now I've done it. Fine. Okay. Um, first question is a Zerith question. It's a request. Can you please tell us, what is Wonderling? So, the, the game or the character? Mm. Yeah, describe the game for us. Ooh, okay, so uh, I usually describe it like if, if if I meet someone at PAX and describe it, I, I usually try to like see um, how how nerdy the person is, and I can like figure out where to start. It's uh-huh. uh huh. It's I would say it's a we, we talked about this before. I would say it's a puzzle action adventure platformer. Um, it, That's it, an accurate description. Yes. I yeah. Like that. It, it touches those areas. It's it's a game where uh, it's all flipped. You don't you don't play as the hero of the game. You play as the bad guy. But instead of like playing the super cool boss uh, bad guy with all the experience and uh, and stuff, you you play as the lowest lowest level of video game enemy. The the, the ones you play don't like Atari or NES that. Could just walk back and forth. It could couldn't do anything. Yeah, they were a bit rubbish. Yes, they were totally rubbish, and, and uh, annoying. And annoying. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they got lucky. Uh... Yeah, sometimes they took you out. Sometimes they did. And then when you did it, you what did you scream? Well, I did as a kid. Oh, it's a cheap death. 
<laughs> of course it is, because like, I'm better than that, I can avoid that, and then I lost the life because of that stupid thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, playing as that kind of video game anime would probably not be fun if you couldn't like do any input. Uh, so, we, of course, had to give the character a power, and we gave it the power to jump. So, that is what you can do. You, you Your character just keeps on walking. If it touches a wall while on the ground, it changes direction and goes the other way. And all you can do is press jump. And uh, the longer you press, the higher you jump. And your goal of the game is to uh, to chase down the hero of the game, which is a carrot called Carrot Man, uh, who's stolen a thing from the uh, like final boss of the game called Kohlrabi, which is a vlogging uh, like beat which I, I would I think uh, she is yeah she has issues she has some issues um, well I think she needs therapy personally but she would deny it <laughs> maybe they all need therapy actually <laughs> I think they probably well carrot man is a bit of a well he has the ego the size of Belgium He's um, narcissistic I would say oh yeah at yeah, least uh, yeah 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 because he's just Everyone in this game is a bit, apart from you, is a bit off. That which is lovely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's shades of grey. Everyone, shades of grey. Um, and that's great because people are a shades of grey. Yeah. And uh, nothing's you know, life's complicated, and why not reflect that in a video game? Nicely put. I, I will use that <laughs> in the in the next interviews. Yeah. <laughs> By all means, you're you're, you're welcome. Thank you. There's a box quote for you. Um, but uh, I did like... We're going to talk about this later because it's one of the questions I have about that. But I did like the presentation. Because you, you could have been really, really, really straight, really dry. You could have done that. It might have been started out as that. Doubt it, though. And you could have been like really dry, and that's fine. Uh, but it wouldn't... It would have undermined the experience. It would have diluted the experience because... In the back of your mind, as you're doing these levels, you're going through this, there's always a feeling of, what is going to happen next? What, who am I going to meet next? Who's that? What's that? It's lovely. Because it's something that, uh, as an explorer of games, because I'm not mm. a big skill-based, like, getting points. I'm not, I mean, you can do that with Wonderling. You really, really sort of cater to that crowd, and that's wonderful. But also cater to people like me who, you know like a challenge and getting through things but i just want to see what world you've made and what story you've created i'm a big explorer like that yeah um so and you've done that because you've like rather than because you like i said made it completely dry still the same concept but you could have said oh yeah your little like flower thing that you, you've you've been granted the the, the, the lovely fairy princess has granted you the power to jump and you can reunite it with your with your with your loved one no <laughs> that's not at all there's no day princess everyone's a jerk kind of kind of and you and you're just been you've been you know you were crushed earlier then you're resurrected and all of a sudden we give the power the jump you didn't ask for this stuff you didn't sign up for any of this that's, that's just your lot yeah it, deal with it it actually has very little to say in the matter at all hidden you have no say in the matter at all you're just going to do it because you can yeah which is not really a good enough reason to do anything. But that's where we are. First design question. Brace yourself. Here we go. In Wonderling, ultimately, you have taken away the control of movement from the player. Whether well, you have. You have. Yes. Yes. Kind of. Um, apart from the fact that, you know, they can dictate the direction of movement based on where they place the character because all they can do is jump and I've found this to be quite liberating believe it or not mm. I actually find you taking away control because that means that's not my fault that's not my responsibility my only responsibility is to make sure that they you jump in the right time in the right place that's all I've got to do yeah you got it um and I found that quite liberating, personally. The restriction is liberating. Mm. It's a. Was this intentional? 
to, to make you feel liberated that you can't control mm. your movement. Yeah. Um, maybe in some sense. Um, I wouldn't say because it's so it's so pure. It's just so clear that look. I say all you got to do because it's a, it's amazing. This is this is the concept of the game, but there's so much happens around this concept. It's beautiful where it's built around it. But I just wanted to say that that's that's really what I'm trying to explain is that it is a sense of responsibility is diminished, and that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we try to make a simple game have like depth and uh, and being advanced, even though you just had one single button. Um, so, and 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 I mean, yeah, sure. It, you you could feel like liberated because you don't. It, it's not your fault that you 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 maybe don't walk in the right direction you want to, and you can you you only need to focus on like the one thing. Um, so so, yeah. Um, I th- I think you're. I think you're kind of right. I don't I don't think it's the. Uh, the, the core value we were trying to to find, but but if you feel that way, I, w- I would definitely say that it's you can take it. Yes, yeah. it's, it's probably and it, you've answered the question is no, it wasn't, and that's fine. It's a perfectly valid response. It's just an observation I have because I felt it really because one of the things that has always bothered me over the years of platformers, certainly in the last five, ten years, well maybe five years is when you have platformers and everything is imprecise. Mm. I'm not going to say this is about Wonderling. Wonderling is not imprecise at all. In fact, that's its strength. You know, um, you can actually position yourself and hit that button just at the right moment and you will land on the other side and you won't go skidding off. Mm. How many other platformers can we say the last 10 years haven't done that because they want to add momentum? Right, right. My, my response to that is, are you playing Prince of Persia? No, then stop doing that. Gotcha. Okay, because Prince of Persia, you are, you know, your character isn't a strange little dude. It's a person. It's an actual human being, and that's over 25, 30 years old now, that game. And that's how that worked, because it made sense. That's how people generally do jump around and leap. They do stagger and jump and, and have momentum behind them, because that's how... But that's this is a little yellow character, for God's sake. It's not the same thing. But a lot of platformers, a lot of them... Uh, had this momentum thing going, and it, there was no precision at all. It was just you don't know if you're gonna when you hit the platform. Nine times out of ten, it was covered in grease, and off you off you flew off, and it's oh. yeah. And that was yeah. a thing that remember that it was for a long time, and then a lot of a lot of people pushed back and going, "Stop this! We're not, you know, this is not fun." And it, thankfully, you and your peers went, "Yeah, maybe we should stop doing that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, that's yeah. that, that sounds great. I mean, most people, yeah. it, it's a very hard game to market, like be, mm. because I, I don't think most people feel the same feeling you do, like liberated. I think mo- some people feel uh, like cheating or, or or like um, that. Well, why can't I move? I, I'm used to moving. Uh, I'm I'm being you you're like removing uh, you're like removing some of my free will yeah yeah it, it isn't but it's not it isn't but people have been like seeing the game and like oh it's an auto runner I don't want to play an auto runner I want to make my own actions but but you, you still do you still do but, in the other games you, you're still doing the same thing you just happen to be pressing a, another button yeah you're still going to go you're still going to do the things you do. In Wonderling, it just you happen to be guiding the left and right. What difference does it make, really? Mm. And I think it's quite fascinating. Or maybe I'm reading too much into this, but hey, that's the name of the show. It's the Sausage Factory. We're meant to be looking <laughs> underneath the hood. That's the whole point. Second question. Well, third. Anyway, whatever. Got it. <laughs> In Wonderling, there is a requirement for the player to keep eating flowers, or buds of flowers, initially. Otherwise, they expire. Why? And also, why do you explain this after someone dies because they haven't eaten any flowers? I know why, but I want you to... Exp- That's not a spoiler, by the way, everyone. When it it's happens, it's spoiler. hilarious. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you're slowly slowly dying. There's little flower buds everywhere, by the way, everyone. There's little flower buds all across the level. And they are the collectibles. They are like the gems or... Or dots, or whatever you want to call them, the things you collect. Yes. And if you don't collect them, 
You'll die. You explode. Why? What? You, yeah, you do explode. Why? Why is this? Why did you have that mechanic in there? The, thematically, it's it's just because you were res- resurrected. Uh, mm-hmm. So you, yep. you like need to eat those to keep on living. Um, yeah. But we we never built the game. You could probably tell, but we never built the game around the thematical part first. We made gameplay first, and then we just added the story elements yeah. and the theme. So um, so why why we added them? I I kind of wanted to do an adventure game, one button game, and if if the player can just keep on walking everywhere it would be it would be a bit like to explore it would be quite tiresome um right and yeah if you got yeah if you've got that timer on your back going it's like a like yeah if you don't do something if you don't actually jump and do something right now you're gonna die yeah exactly <laughs> it, it, it was first for like a mechanic if we like did a level design where the player maybe would fall down a pit and 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 wouldn't be able to get up you would die uh because of like the timer um but but that we we don't do that in the game at all i think we we don't have any pits where you can't get up again and you die because of the timer uh so so that's something we 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 scrapped pretty early on because we found that was pretty boring um yeah so we we it's um yeah we did it because it's 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 fun to be time pressured it's fun to, to like grab the treasure and try to get back and you you see the timer and you start to like fade to red and stuff like that and uh, and when you like perfectly grab that flower or perfectly jump into the portal but before you die it's very satisfying exceeding yeah oh amount of times i put pause on the on the, or or maybe you just put the the switch down and had to take a few breaths. <laughs> it is fun. It it, it puts the player on edge yeah. because we we it, it's very hard to also put in enemies in the game because yeah. when when you do an auto runner, it's very hard to like have moving enemies because then we have to time stuff. And since you can like turn around at specific points, it's it's very hard to like build uh build an actual like enemy for you. So. Uh, and we have these stationary enemies, but we can't just use those. It would be pretty boring as well. So, so time is your enemy. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, and of course, another metaphor for life. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and just keep walking. Um, yeah, just keep walking. Now, in Wonderling, you do keep walking, as you say. And the, I must say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption. You may actually counter it, but of course you can. But how has it been designing levels for Wonderling, knowing that the player is constantly moving? Which is, you know, most games, like I said, we've already said that we, you, games you can stop and take a breath, but mm. not in Wonderling. You, you can't really take a breath. And you have to sort of guide the player, kind of, mm. but they still have one method. Of, the only interaction is to jump either really high or really low, depending on, and in a certain spot. So. How has it been designing these levels? What what's the thing that's uh, surprised you the most and you struggled with the most because of this simplistic rule set? It's it's so hard. It was so hard in the beginning. We we tried to do like levels based off like you know regular like platforming tropes, like big levels uh, where you had to walk around, explore, and stuff like that. Uh, and it was super hard to like tell the player since you since since what since you're what what you're saying like since you're on in constant motion it's very hard to like tell the player or give the player a hint where to go uh that's where the flowers also come comes in of course we can guide the player to the exit that way uh, because you, you need them to like move on but it was it was very hard and and like the level design we, we really had to like avoid we have we have this level design document where where we have like stuff that we've tried and it didn't work so so we like made uh small uh, bullets out of it where things to avoid or things to uh things to 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 do uh, and one of those were like um don't encourage the player to explore where uh, like exploration with no end like don't have don't have an area where you can explore which don't doesn't lead to any anywhere 
Um, and like, if oh the, yes, that would be awful. Cause yeah, like, oh, you made it. You made it to there. You did all that thing. And there's nothing there. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and, and, is... and sometimes in platform games you have that, and the player yeah. can go there yeah. and like, okay, it. Uh, and they go like, okay, there wasn't anything here. Big deal. I'll move on. Um, so 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 that was one thing. And another thing was um, like, if we should kill off the player quickly because you would probably not have enough health and like. Um, yeah, we, we had a lot, lots of like level design, um, like small things. We we found out through playtesting <clears throat> and through like visiting uh, um, conferences and exposed like packs. Like the first time we showed the game <clears throat> was PAX East 2017. Um, and... I must have missed it. Yeah, <laughs> again. Yeah, you, you probably <laughs> did. We we didn't have because I, I was there. I yeah, was there. But... Yeah, we didn't have a very big booth, and we were next to a booth uh, with the game called the Darwin Project, and they had oh, okay. they had right. a, a live shoutcast guy who who commented oh. the, the the battles and stuff like that. So I think like most people went to that booth. Uh, we, right. we we had a line. We still had a line, but uh, that's good. Um, we we noticed a lot from that first like playthrough what was fun and what wasn't fun. Like yeah, keep the like having a straight like um, just a straight line where the player just can walk straight without interacting is also very mm. um, sure it can give the player a breather sometimes, but it, it it usually isn't fun because if you die you need to walk through that path once again. And you don't need to add an input. It's it's not very interesting. Yeah. And and yeah. and if you play the game now, you're like, of course, of course, that isn't fun. But we no. we didn't know that back then. We 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 tried, we experimented, and we iterated a lot. It's because you've created something very unusual, and that's great because we like unusual. Then that helps with the development, game game design, then progresses when something works and it's unusual and it. It goes, it explores new grounds. Yeah, um, and that's good, and that's and that's one of the strengths of indie. It goes to places where most people thought that this is a bad idea. Always cite uh, Papers Please as a good example. Mm. You, you describe that game, and you go to any publisher and go, they just go, they'll escort you from the building. Like, get out, get out, and yet it's now one of the most celebrated games of all time. It's amazing. Because because it, it 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 asks difficult questions about human in the human condition, which is lovely. And uh, we've had a few games on recently about that. About the game's really about people. It's people, damn it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. Um, I don't know. All good things. However, we've got to stop eventually. Um, Wonderling is riddled with satire. Uh, that is aimed squarely at platform games, both old and new. How much do you expect the player to recognise these, and does it assist or indeed inform their play? Good question. Um, <clears throat> I mean, some. It, it depends of 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 your age, of course. I mean, if mm-hmm, <clears throat> if a kid. The age of ten plays this game. Maybe, yeah. maybe that kid gets some of the Mario references. Um, but there, there, there's a lot of references going on, uh, both with the items and like with storytelling, and even some boss fights have references to, to like old Amiga and Commodore games. Um, and well, I, I don't think, I, I yeah, sure. I mean, if you. If you played games with like wall jump and stuff like that, you you get the wall jump later on in the game. You get more more powers actually. You still you still only play the game with one hand, which is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, I like the collectibles as well. I don't mention that, but yeah, when I got a set, when I got a set of glasses, I felt like I was a king. Check <laughs> out the glasses. Perfect. Come on. Perfect. That's I, I'm invincible now. I have got glasses. Screw yeah. you, everyone. You can see again. <laughs> I can see again. <laughs> I also but, have glasses, um, so I can say that, I guess. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we, yeah, we can, we can yeah, we bond do. over the glassware, glasses wearing <laughs> thing. Um, um, although, yeah, 
So I, I kind of forgot the question, but I, I, I think... Ultimately, uh, I'm saying is that does the familiarity with the, with the genre and its history and the satire you've infused into Wonderling, um, does that help the player if they know this stuff, if they're familiar with that? I would be, I'd be surprised if you say no, but it probably wasn't deliberate, right? Or I, maybe it was. I mean, of, of course it... it like helps the player. I mean, if you, if you're talking gameplay wise, uh, mm, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, of course, it can help the player like enjoy the game more if we, if we reference fun stuff about their favorite video game or something like that. But um, I would say, of course, it, it helps if you if you you play these games before, definitely. Like yeah, uh, yeah. But but also the the jumping mechanic of this game is is pretty unique. It, it's it's not that you can just tap. The button and you you do a jump which is like a super mario jump it it, it actually just does a very quick quick short hop uh, which is uh, very specific to to Wundling, i guess um which uh, yeah i i think Wundling is a good i think it's a good gateway game for like the harder platform games as well like if you if you're having a trouble play super meat boy or celeste or or those kinds of games I think after you play Wundling, where you just focus on jumping, you can. I, I think you can play those games uh, after Wundling. You just add like the steering mechanic uh, and actually be be better at those games. Yeah, agreed. Um, I just found that I I started drawing from memories or abilities or experiences of other games, these older games, and it just helped. I, I just found it. It was there was some area of I found it I was in a very comfortable sort of space in some regards and that, I mean, that helped. It's it's yeah. it's it's hard to say actually. I mean, you get mm. you get you get blind of your own product uh, very fast. So <laughs> so yes. So yes. so so the, the the experience you're experiencing, I we I I mean we designed it for you specifically, uh, but uh, it it's very hard to like put ourselves in your position and like experience the game for the first time so um yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> right well now uh wonderling by retroid interactive yes yeah um where, where did you get the name of the studio from but where did you get that name from um so we wanted to combine like i i think there's a lot of indie studios doing um like having this as a tagline like doing trying to do modern stuff with a retro touch and i just thought yeah retroid was kind of like retro but retroid android metroidish maybe futurish mm -hmm. so that that was like the part of the name like it's it's retro but also also like futuristic and modern um nice yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah i like the name I was yeah, I, just, I, I was I was surprised it wasn't already taken actually. Yeah, me too. It's like yeah, it's an obvious mashup, but no, no people haven't grabbed it, so you did instead. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, can you tell us what platforms it on? Because last time I did this, well, not last time, once I did this, and I got in terrible trouble. Oh. Because uh, you and I know platform announcements are very important in video game land. Yeah, sure. So I don't want to make a mess up of it. So please, you you tell us well, what's it out on. It's on Steam and Nintendo Switch. Uh, Nintendo Switch in Europe and America, not in Asia yet. And the Steam version is Windows PC. Is that yes, right? sadly, as Windows PC right now, we uh, we will probably research the uh, ability to have it on Linux and Mac in the future. Uh, we, ha we haven't I mean, we haven't gotten Barrage yet. I, I think I think no. we will probably. We uh, will from because I've got a Mac laptop. Because right, they can. They can take a bullet and still go. Yeah, uh, and I, I do travel a lot. Well, I did until recently. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I did say I was going to talk about that. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, but uh, no, that laptop's five years old. It's still like, yeah. So what? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, um, Nicholas, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you for having me. It, uh, it was fun. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope you had a good time. I did. I, did. Um, I hope the audience did as well. And uh, you're more than welcome to come back and chat about what uh, next game you have made. We've had had a lot of return guests recently because the show has been going on for that long. 
and uh, have people come back four or five years later and go, oh, Chris, I've done a new thing. You come on the show. does mean that the first half of the show is a bit, you know, we don't do that. <laughs> it's pointless asking those questions again. So you get a shorter show, but it's fine. It's great, good. great. And like I said, you're more than welcome to, to come back. But in the meantime, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you.